BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Soft Rep Radio. I am your host, Rad, and today I have a very special guest. But before I introduce you to that guest, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about the merch store. And I have a merch store. It's on softrep.com. Go check it out. It's got all sorts of different types of things branded with our logo on it so you can support us. We can keep the fireplace on and we can keep the show going. We also have a book club. It's softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club. If you're a new listener, go check that out. Out. If you're a regular listener, I appreciate you for subscribing. And don't forget to hit all those notifications, likes, comments, and subscribe down below. Now that we got that out of the way, I have a Navy SEAL, former 20-year veteran, author of a book coming out called Leadership is Overrated. Kyle Bucket, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Did I hit that Navy SEAL 20-year mark, right? <laughs> yeah. 20 years in the military. I, I retired just over 20 years. It's like, you know, you do 20 years a month and a day, essentially. Boy. Right. So you're super young looking and super in shape looking and well, uh, totally you know, good to go. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. You know, like I grew up just north of uh, New York City across the river from uh, West Point Military Academy. And so I was accustomed to, you know, being around the, the army. Until one day I'm like 17 years old and my dad comes home from work and he's like, hey, Kyle, you love, you know, everything around the water. You love being around rivers, lakes, oceans, you name it. And this is the 90s, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of information out there, but there was a little book by Dick Marchinko 
that was in existence, but I had never heard of it because all I knew was Chuck Norris. And I, right, wanted to, and I wanted to be Chuck Norris. Delta Force. I, that's what I wanted to do. And my dad comes home one night and gives me this book. I'm 17. And I stay up till five o'clock in the morning, pounding through this book. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a Navy SEAL. So fast forward to your young comment. I appreciate it, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, you've got, you got the <laughs> Disney going on. You can work a full day on set and still get away with looking young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. No child re- labor re- laws involved. I received that well. Anyway, you yes, know, it's sir. the hair. It's the hair. I uh, what are you it. trying to say? What are you yes. trying to say about hair? I, huh? I'm follically challenged, unlike you. I think so. opposites attract, my friend. <laughs> I'll take I receive that. I receive so so I'm you know, I'm 17. I fall in love with this concept of being a Navy SEAL. And yeah. so my parents, however, would not sign because you know, if you're 17, you need parental consent. So literally, fast forward a couple months later, I'm sitting on the doorstep of the Navy recruiter's office at 7.55 a.m., waiting for them. It's my 18th birthday, and I'm waiting for them. I'm skipping school, waiting for them to open up the door, and I literally signed the dotted line that morning. (laughs) I am 18 today. This is what I want to do. And they're like, come on in. Let's go. And so, uh, you know, I and I never looked back. I mean, I was this is what I wanted to do. That's what I was going to go do. Right. But my point is, is I was 18 when I joined. <laughs> so, so you recommend, do you recommend to somebody who's 17 years old in the same shoes that you were thinking, what do I want to be? And they read Dick Marcinko's book, Marcinko's book, you know, the seal teams. And, you know, I think that's, that's a good, you know, gateway to getting in. Well, oh, now we're going to get deep brother. Yeah. So get deep. yes. And no. And know in the fact that you really and you know i was an instructor later on in my career i did a couple of hell weeks as you know a senior chief and you know the difference between the guys that make it through and the guys that don't i believe is the guys that make it through were never truly lying to themselves right so and only you know that only you know if you're really really doing it and you're going to give everything you've got to make it through, you're going to put it all on the line and get every, everything you got, or you're lying to yourself and you're not, right? And you're going to give up. Right. So, I mean, yes, if you're being honest with yourself, like, hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Because here's the thing, you know, you've had multiple guests on this show, you know, across all of the different agencies and groups within SOCOM and, you know, all of the courses and what it takes to make it become a, you know, within SOCOM, if you're lying to yourself and you're not going to give it everything it takes, you're going to quit. And here's what I'm meant to say is every single one of those guests, I'm sure if you were to ask them, myself included, at some point, something is going to go wrong with your body right? Like something's going to go wrong with your body. That's a big conversation that we say. Right. Like nobody gets through unscathed. Right. Dude, I had cellulitis in my knee and my temp, my body temperature was 102 degrees going into hell week. And I don't say that to be like, oh, I'm big, bad, tough guy. No, you were hurt. You're hurt. You're hurt. And every single guy is going to get hurt. Like name the guy you've had on any of your shows. That's like, oh yeah, I've never been hurt. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Like, uh, major general, uh, Doug, Doug, you know, I mean, like, yeah, no, everybody has got, you give your body 
to the military through the Military Interesting Processor Center, MEPS. Right. You go there as a recruit, right. and they made you, make you spread them, drop them, pee in a cup. They watch you pee in a cup, and they literally, literally, literally watch you pee in a cup, okay? Staring and that dude's you. job, okay? Staring at you. Second of all, you got to go through that, and then you go into boot camp, and if you can get through boot camp without getting injured and unscathed, which happens all the time, you could get hurt there. Right. And then you go from basic to your AIT or your advanced training or your next schooling. Injuries are all – you could trip on the curb – and hit That's your right. head. That's not right. even like doing so. And that you can get hurt. And then you come home and you're like, why am I not the way I was when I went in? Right. Right. And I'm not blasting the military. I just want to sure. say that, you know, no matter what, if you're lying to yourself and mm-hmm. you're not going to push through that pain or that hurt or that moment of depression or anxiety or, or fear, funny fact, this is actually pretty funny. I don't think I've ever said this on a, on a pod before, but dude, when I grew up, I was terrified of heights. It's called acrophobia. Like I was terrified of heights. And so when I signed the dotted line that morning, my 18th birthday, I come home and I was still not, I wasn't over heights. Like I was still scared of heights. I was terrified. I come home and my mom and dad are like, ah, after like the dust settled and they kicked me out of the house for a couple of days, but we all come back and hug it out and love each other. Like my dad goes, Hey, for real, for real, what are you going to do about this height thing? And I was like, that's a good, like, what do you mean? I, the height thing? I can I, ride all the rides of the roller coaster. What are you talking about? Height thing. And he's like, he's like, Hey, like, remember no. when you were a young kid, we went down to the USS intrepid down in New York city. And he's like, I couldn't get you outside on the flight deck because you were terrified mm-hmm. of heights. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm that way on a pier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get woozy on a pier with the water around me. You know, it's like you feel like I don't really I'm going to get eaten in the water. <laughs> Sorry, dude. It's like, I, got I don't want to fall. I had a good eat, get. I had a good shark story. Actually, we could talk about it later. But oh, my dude. So my my parents are like, what are you going to do about this height thing? And it goes back to your question, right? Like. If you're lying to yourself, if I'm lying to myself in that moment, I'm never going to get past that acrophobia. Like I ain't jumping. I ain't even going to get past the acrophobia on the obstacle course in basic, you know, training to become a team guy. And so I'll never forget. I'm running the obstacle course for the very first time. And I'm looking up at that cargo net and I'm like, this is going to suck. I am terrified right now. Like, this is going to suck. And the whole time I'm, you know, I'm white knuckling the thing. My technique's just gone out the wayside. It's, it's horrible. to save your life. Self-rescue yeah. the whole way up. <laughs> and like, guys, are the fast guys are just like, boop, 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 right. right past me. And I'm like, just taking my time, taking my time. I just watch. I'm in my head, I start thinking like about the clock. Now the clock's just like tick. My time's getting longer and longer. And you have to, you know, hit a time, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, back to your question, I wasn't lying to myself. Like I was going to give it everything I had to make it through. So yes, guys or gals should do that if they're not truly lying to themselves. And no, don't do it. Don't waste your time. (laughs) Don't become another statistic if you're lying to yourself. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Or a need of the Navy. That's the statistic that you're talking about. Because <laughs> yeah, if you don't make it through your buds, you become, if your contract is for, you know, the buds recruit, and you don't make it, you become pretty much a need of the Navy at that point, and then you're going to have to do the job of the Navy's yeah. that you didn't get to choose in the first place. Yeah. Well, I'm forever grateful on the flip side of that, though. I'm forever grateful for the the Navy. I mean, we so quickly forget how our naval power is truly what sets us apart from the, the rest of the world. And so I'm I'm forever grateful for all those servicemen and women and what they're doing. So Oh, torpedo starboard aft 45 yeah. degrees Flip the wheel, one peak down bubble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All the Navy. My dad was Navy in Vietnam on a Morse code. He was the guy that had a, a Marine with a bullet with his name on it where he would right. sit in the, I think they were on a frigate is what he had called it, mm-hmm. a ship. That, and the, the engine had I died. I spent some they, time on a frigate myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So his engines died. And they were in, I think, Chinese waters during Nam. And they were just like sitting ducks. And the Chinese were encroaching on them. And so they were just like drifting, burning everything in a boiler. He said they were just throwing everything, burning it all because they thought they were going to get boarded and, uh, and attacked, etc. And uh, so the Marine was on standby to like put one in him because wow. he's the radio guy and he's sure. got all of everything. So he told me that. And then all of a sudden, whatever faith they had, the engines started and it just pushed them into like international waters or something out of the Chinese wow. waters or whatever was going on then. And they got away from that situation. But, you know. Dang, dude. Just, I mean, the Navy, the water. You know, I talked to another guest who said, Rad, think about a swim call. You're in the middle of the Mariana Trench. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, let's jump off. And he's like, and it's 10,000 feet down. (laughs) And he's like, but you're looking around and all you realize is it's just you and water and the ship. And little by little, you're drifting from the ship. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> you know, and they're not going to necessarily start the ship while everyone else is swimming in the water to come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you kind of have Swim to maintain. Back. You got to maintain, right? I mean, it's right. It, one thing diving in. Another I'm thing sure. be like, oh, now I'm in the drink. Right, right. You so, walk dude, the plank. <laughs> so this is here's an incredible story. Yeah, the year's 1945. My grandfather 
Victor Bucket is on a ship called the USS Indianapolis. And they deliver the atomic bomb to Tinian Island. After they're done, they're sailing back out in a, uh, a zigzag pattern and they get shot by a Japanese torpedo. And within a matter of minutes, the entire ship goes down in flames. I mean, within minutes. My grandfather, it was so hot out there in the Indian Island that night that my grandfather decides to not sleep down below because it was so damn hot. So he mm. goes up to near where the uh, the captain and the quartermaster station is, and he literally puts a sheet out on one of the desks and passes out. The ship gets hit. He gets rocked off of the desk, comes to, realizes what's happening, grabs, you know, and they, and then the abandoned ship call goes out over the, you know, the intercom. Everyone's screaming abandoned ship, but they didn't get the Morse code out to U.S. Navy. Oh, right. And right. so my so no grand, knows. nobody knows. So my grandfather and all of his shipmates go running over the side, jumping into the water, grabbing what they could in terms of life preservers. And dude, they're in the water for five nights, six days in the wow. worst U.S. naval history a disaster ever, ever. It's awful. I mean, like, and, it's worse hell. Think about this. If my grandfather had slept down below, like I wouldn't be on this podcast. No, <laughs> right? No, I usually say your, your lineage, you owe your lineage who fought to fight you to be here you owe them that's a right. thank you that's right and so to your point you know they're yeah. floating around in those depths and all, he had shipmates getting you know nudged by tiger sharks eaten by tiger sharks sure. over the Dying, entire hypothermia week. it was nuts exposure it was nuts, it was nuts. dehydration crazy they, hallucinations they, from water intake from salt water they get rescued six days later and they're like hey they get they come out of the water and they're like so how's the war going and the rescue crew's like, guys, it's it's over. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we dropped the bomb. We dropped that bomb you guys delivered. It's over. And they're like, Whoa. if you go back in history and time, literally Dude. the day after, the cover of New York Times, the cover and the first 18 pages are about, you know, obviously the bomb, right? Yeah. And on page 18, in a little section about this, it says, USS Indianapolis, lost at sea, unknown location. So, like, blip. no one knew about it yeah. for years until, like, the movie Jaws came out. You remember the movie Jaws when they're yes. in there that at night and he's talking about the USS Indianapolis? Like, that kind of resurrected some notoriety to the yeah, whole story again. Brought it back to... So yeah. Spielberg brought that into the movie because yeah, yeah. he had that affinity for World War II, right? Like Saving Private Ryan, you know. Though he just loves that kind of thing. So interesting, yeah. dude. Yeah, crazy. Huh? Well, that, that's that's a huge piece of story to be attached to. And then now, so Grandpa was Navy. Mm -hmm. Was Dad Navy or Army? Actually, let me see if I could do this real quick. This is kind of cool. Right oh, there, there. It is. I got a. Let me see. I got a rack, but uh, right there, the Victory Medal. My Grandpa's Purple Heart. And then there are eight Battlestar Asia-Pacific operations. And then they have a presidential citation as well. And that, Pretty, is that a dollar bill or a $2 bill up there? It's a $2 bill it that he had, he had in his pocket for the entire week. <laughs> Bro, in the ocean with him and everything yeah. the whole time? Yeah. $2. I want my $2, bro. Yeah. 
Oh, so that'd still, be a tattoo. <laughs> st- still to this day, like I'll, I'll usually, I don't know if I've got one on me, but you, I've got one somewhere in here. Two dollars, yeah. And like, yeah. I, I love throwing that down to the bar from time to time. You can go to oh, like a yeah. bank and like be like, hey, I want, I want a hundred dollars in two dollar bills, and they'll be like, just come back on Thursday, we'll have it ready for you. Exactly. I give kids change <laughs> at my airsoft store in two dollar bills. I'll be like, here you go, and they look at me. They're like, I'm like, uh, they're like, what is this? What is this $2 bill? You know, it's all one thing. It's $2. Is this real? Is it what? It's so it's fun to do that. And same with like 50 cent pieces. Cause growing up, we had them all the time. So I was just like, here you go. 1972, 50 cent piece. They're like 1972. I was born in 2006. How many years is that? That's awesome. Uh, that's great. Awesome. So, so a lot of what I hear is uh, perseverance from your family's lineage, which, you know, kind of puts you in that same exact spectrum of extreme athlete, decisive decisions at critical moments. You're an instructor for Hell Week, which is what everybody, they made movies, G.I. Jane, other movies have had, it's all focused on Hell Week for the most of Navy SEALs job. They don't talk about, you know, the, I don't know, it's just always Hell Week, you know, like the worst of it all. Like, full, who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> sure. Full, full disclosure, I did it as a guest instructor on my last year of service because I had never done it. I was actually running, so I was like the old guy in the back that the young guys didn't really want to see or hear or listen to and wasn't or have anybody funny. like point them out like you right you right. i'm talking right. to you you're like right. why why are you talking to me man i'm sandy right. and sandy and wet that's what you want yeah. right you want me to I be mean, sandy and wet yeah yeah <laughs> you and told I mean, me to do this yeah and i haven't seen you instructor uh senior chief bucket whatever your name is uh ever yeah. before so because yeah. i was actually running uh advanced training so that's where we have the sniper course the communication courses our free fall course our and 22 other or 22 total courses where we run all of our advanced training. So I was down there, which is also under center, Naval uh, Special Warfare Center. But so you can go and guest instruct from time to time. Well, during, why not? During Hell Week. Yeah, which is pretty. I mean, who would not want to do that? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to do that? You know, I mean, like when I was a basic, I was like, I want to be an instructor one day. I want to put my knowledge into somebody, you know, and like, that's awesome. They walk around. They're the boss. Right. Who wouldn't right. want to fail that little yeah. bit of a power you know, but the thing about a Navy SEAL that I've learned, and I've talked with a lot of you guys, as you mentioned, and it didn't really dawn on me till you said, Rad, you've talked to all sorts of these different folks, right? And it's like, right. you know, just upgrade to downgrade, like learn mm. to educate yourself to upgrade yourself, mm. be that sharp tool that you need to be and have all of your Swiss Army knife functions available if you're going to be a multi-tool of knowledge and uh, just be ready to just move forward. I guess just leadership is how, you know, growing your knowledge is so smart, right? There's so much physical that you can put your body through, but that mental toughness is really a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, well said. And you know, it's kind of interesting now, you know, now that I'm retired and I get asked a lot from, you know, some of the companies that I work with or work for or invest in, et cetera, is this concept of, Hey, I want my team to be elite, like the Navy SEALs. And to your point, <laughs> I kind of joke like, hey, are you, are you going to invest 10 years of training into developing that SEALs team to be an elite sales team or whatever, an engineering team, et cetera, et cetera? Because you can't just throw that out there, right? Like we don't go out and go, hey, we're going to hire a Navy SEAL. We grow them. And everyone's so quick to forget that I mean, it takes three years. 
I mean, three years to really create. And if you include, you know, me walking off the street or someone like a kid walking off the street, signing up, and then they go to boot camp, then they go to the, you know, the in-doc period, then they go to BUDS, then they go to qualification training, then they go to their platoon at a team and they get in the back of the train and they go through an entire workup period that lasts another six to nine months with a six-month professional development cycle on it, dude, you're at three years. And then guess what happens? As I'm sure all your guests have already said, you get overseas, you're that brand new guy, and you don't really know anything. You're still learning. I mean, it takes time. It takes time to develop someone into, uh, you know, that fierce warrior, a tactician. It's, you know, three Mm -hmm. years plus before you're on. It's literally like three years before you're really on your very first mission. That's a long time. And you're still like the FNG. Right. Right. Because guys have already gone through what you're doing. They've already spun up on a hot, you know, deployment. A hundred times. Yeah. And now it's you're you're coming in because Bill retired. Right. 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 And they all love Bill. Yeah. Right. And now right. you're Bill. You're the Bill's replacement. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not Bill. Right. <laughs> so you're, right. I'm Kyle. <laughs> right. Right. They're like, a- they're like, okay, hi, Kyle. Come on in. What are we going to name the new guy? That, and then it starts. To <laughs> you're, you're, you're spot on. You're spot you on. Know? Yeah. And uh, when did you think, you know, you're going to, was it when you were in the military, you wanted to like maybe put knowledge to paper and write something or, or, or give those leadership thoughts, you know, obviously. And also were you enlisted or officer? I was an e-dog, dirty e-dog enlisted okay. guy. So, enlisted. so proud of that though. So let's so listen proud. to the leadership of an enlisted dirty dog. Okay. <laughs> e-dog, dirty dog. That's what I'm saying. Enlisted, All right. Ta- you wrote, you, in tactical leader. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. And your job on a team. So for example, my father was an 18 echo, which is a communications yep. expert on a special forces group team. What would your job have been on the SEAL team? Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Kind of like a foxtrot echo to a degree. It's a little different, but you know, my job early in my early career was a breacher, and then it turned into navigator. And then it turned into targeting and intelligence and collection. And then, I mean, I was blessed. I had a wonderful career. And I I haven't said that yet, but like, I was so blessed, man, Brad. I had a wonderful career. And very early on, as I look back, very early on, I got placed in positions of leadership. I think I was at my, I'm trying to do the math right now in my head. I think I was at like the seven, I haven't really thought about this. I think it was like at the seven year mark seven year mark where I first, you know, had a a leading petty officer position. And before that ran departments, but you know, seven years in six, seven years in, I'm in leadership roles, and then for the rest of my career, right. And so to answer you fast forward, you know, in 2011, the Obama administration had tasked us with supporting operations in OEF, Afghanistan, with unconventional warfare. And so that's basically working by, through, and with, you know, the local population to establish democracy in the region, right? And so I was a, a, a resident expert in the, in the thought process because of my previous couple of years and what I was focused on uh, in Afghanistan and in Southeast Asia. So anyway, I get tasked with this and I step into a platoon that two weeks prior, before I come walking in the doors, <laughs> two weeks prior to this, they had lost Captain America, fierce warrior, Brandon Looney, a rock star, a stud that everyone just revered and loved and looked up to. He was a, a phenomenal officer and leader that everyone just could not wait for him to have his shot at being, you know, a platoon commander and being in his platoon. Like the boys loved him and rightfully so. He deserved all of it. And so he gets shot down two weeks before this, what I'm telling you about in Afghanistan, right at the end of their deployment, right? So here comes, so now fast forward a couple weeks later, the guys are still mourning their best buddy, their hero, their rock star, and they're fierce warriors coming off of a very kinetic and dynamic deployment in Afghanistan. And then I walk. <laughs> hey, guys. Nice to meet you all. So uh, I know some of you a little bit. Uh, hey, uh, remember where you just were? Uh, we're going to work by through. We're going to go back there. The people that uh, just killed your friend, we're going to work by through and with them. We're going to help them develop infrastructure, maybe even some irrigation wells, uh, roads, you know, help a a security force, a police force. We're going to be eating with them, sleeping with them, trying to establish democracy in the region. You know, the people that just killed your best friend. And so in that moment, I'm like, you know, in the in the you know months of time at leading up leading up into our getting ready to go, I'm thinking like, how do I change this vibe, this culture, this dynamic to go and then change a culture, a vibe, a dynamic in a foreign nation, 
right? Like that's what we're going to try and do is impact and change and shift a thought process, a culture. I was like, but first I got to just do that within our own group. Like, how do I do this? Like, how do I do this? And, um, you know, God shined on me, gave me incredible support, gave me an incredible team of self-led leaders. And I just started pulling stuff off the shelves of libraries. Like, hey, what can I do on organizational culture? Like, there, there wasn't a lot on this subject. It's become kind of a hot topic nowadays. But there wasn't a lot back then on, like, how do you change, mold, shift, define a culture of an organization, a culture of a team into what you want it to be. And so back 2011, 2012, I got really fascinated with that idea. And it kind of continued on till present day of, of paying attention to how groups do that, like how groups define what they want their culture to be, refine it, then implement it and build it structure it out. And then most, you know, once you've done all that, how do we sustain it? How do we scale it? And I got very fascinated with, with that idea of like, Hey, you can do this if you're intentional, if you're intentional, you can do this. So that was kind of, sorry, a long winded way of answering your question. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I wanted that. Yeah, that's great. And I think that our listener also enjoys that long winded, uh, wrap around because you brought it home. And so the book that you have now, which is Leadership is Overrated, you know, I, I do have a question I just want to sure. throw at you. Do you think that leadership from the top down or, you know, removing that leader from the top changes leadership and what they've already implemented into the, to the subordinates? You know, so is it really just like, can we just change a president? Can we just change the CEO and change the culture from that person? Or does it take the whole team to realize the culture shift? Great question. Great question. Yes and no, right? Like, yes, we can do it if we're intentional mm -hmm. and it's going to fail. Because here's the thing, right? Like, everyone's got a default culture. No matter if you design and build it, improve it, sustain it, and it's great or it's bad and it's horrific. Like, no matter what, we all have it. We have a default. So it's a matter of, hey, what are you going to do? How are you going to support and improve it? So to answer, more specifically on the thought of a leader. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have to have a leader. You have to have someone. And that's what we talk about in our book is giving that leader the principles to, to do what we're, what we're saying. Like, Hey, you can now create and empower and entrust your teams to go out and crush it. And here's another, here's why, right? And I, and I think, and I applaud the SEAL teams. We do such a great job at what I'm about to say of the, I wanted to name, fun facts, fun little side fact, you'll appreciate this, right? I wanted to name the book, Kill the Leader. And then, oh. so we're going back, we're going back and forth with Harper Collins, um, who's our publisher. <laughs> they're like, well, <laughs> they're like, well, I don't know, this might, might be aggressive. Like, we get it. We get it, it might be aggressive. <laughs> Dude, no joke. Yeah. We're going back. I literally have like an email thread somewhere and we're going back and January 6th happens. Oh, and yeah, and the capital gets stormed. They're like, and like immediately the very next day, they're like, Kyle, we, uh, yeah, we're going with backup title. Oh yeah. We can't, we can't say kill leader. We can't yeah, do that. It's too, it's, it's too much. Too it's close. Too, too close. Too, too real. Right too now. Real. Too real. Yes. 
But what I meant by kill the leader and what we talk about in our book is the Navy SEALs do an incredible training scenario, right? We're running out in a, at a house or in a, you know, an urbanized combat situation or training scenario. And we will walk up to the platoon leader, the troop chief, the platoon commander, et cetera. And we'll just whisper in his ear and like, hey, dude, you just took a gunshot round to the chest or to the head. You're down. You're out. You're not allowed to say anything. Or sometimes you are allowed to say something, but you can communicate to your guys. And sometimes we'll be like, hey, you're completely down. And then he'll put his, you know, he'll safe his weapon, lay down, and then we'll tell you know, the guy next to him, like, hey, this is what just happened. He can't talk. So he can't talk back to you. And in that moment, something very unique happens, right? The platoon gets to see as the next guy steps up into his place and takes over and assumes command or assumes tactical lead or whatever it might be. The whole platoon gets to see like, hey, does Johnny step up and take over? Does he rise to that occasion? Simultaneously, what's also very important is the TAC leader, the commander gets to see like, hey, how well, how good of a job have I been doing mentoring my number two? Have I been, have I been really encouraging and empowering him and mentoring him? Or have I been just running the show, not just keeping everything close hold, rice bowling everything and not allowing him to ever step up into a leadership role? never being self-led and it and it and then everyone else gets to see it right so the whole platoon (laughs) sees it and after later on having beers or whatever we all tease each other but at the same time simultaneously you also get to see hey this guy's ready this individual is ready or let's tweak some stuff or he's ready okay great now if he's ready we can worry on we can start focusing on the number three guy Mm-hmm. and start bringing and him, take him out and let's see what number three can do without that guy and what a great uh right ladder system if you will of like you know teaching how to lead i completely agree even in my own personal business i have a number two and a, a, there's a business partner and then there's a J- mitch he runs the shop shout he out has, to mitch shout out to mitch i have to and i'm giving him credit because he has a credit card for us you know we gave him that card it's like you have to let go of some of the the reins you know so that right. you can grow and continue to grow your business because i can't do everything i can't keep getting concessions at costco because i have to go right. do something else at the bank that's you know right. so that's right so mitch helps out and so mitch can take off that but the trust comes here's the here's the card here's the card you are the operations manager and uh he hits me up and he talks to me maybe how i sometimes should hear it right right you so know good. like like a platoon sergeant coming up to you and like, hey, you know, uh, the men think that maybe pizza would be good on Friday. <laughs> it's like, right, hey, right, pizza right. on Friday. Let's Why don't you just tell me? Just tell me, you yeah, know? Yeah. But we have a very good open relationship at our company. That's Everybody awesome. feels like they are, uh, I call them all managers. You're like right. all your own managers here. Yeah. You know, if, awesome. if, if someone calls and says, where's rad? Say, what can I do for you? I'm like really rad here. What's yeah. up? And they're like, oh, I just wanted to find out about this item. Well, how can I help you? Take the call. Yeah, that's great, man. I love it. No, Answer you're... the email. Just yeah. get it done. Yeah. Close the you... deal. Come to an agreement with whoever. Right, right. You're empowering and entrusting them to be self-led, which right. is what we, what we hammer on in the book is like, hey, you've been given this opportunity of leadership. 
We're, mm-hmm. we're so, I mean, you and I, we live in America, right? We were born, I was born here. I think you were, right? Like we're, yeah, I am. I am. Yes. We're blessed to be born in America as an on. American. Come I don't on. have to go through a, a citizenship test. I would probably fail it. Right. We're so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're so blessed. We're I just so get blessed. to have this title. Okay. Right. And some people coming over here are dying to get here. Literally don't eat, And they just die on our shorelines or they make it here. And then they have to go through testing and are you do you know everything about being an american and it's like man ask somebody else what the 14th amendment is or the seventh amendment that you know totes of the american shirt flag you know what what is it what's the third amendment what right right (laughs) you know right i mean we're we're so blessed and 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 to have that ability to to lead just you know and then not empower and entrust those that you've been given the gift of leadership is just like, come on. I I also tell my team, I don't want to lose them as staff, but I tell them, you know, I hope I'm a a stepping platform for your success to your future. And if that's with me, so be it. But if you go off and become some awesome editor on a movie or whatever your dream is at NASA, you know, you can always look back and say, rag got us pizza on Fridays. I'm going to do that for my team. Awesome. You you know, that kind of thing. Feed your troops. Because if they have a full belly, don't fight, dude. Don't fight. Don't fight. <laughs> uh, some energy. Get them some protein. Yeah, what's get up? Here, you protein. want something to eat? That's awesome. I even get them some of the name brand chicken stuff that's out there. It may not just be pizza. My nice. team knows what's up, dude. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in uh, Texas. I've been here for a little over two years. And one of the first things that I did once we moved here was me and my brother uh, split a cow. Mm. I didn't grow up really in an ag world. Or a cow was splittable. Right. Right. Yeah. right you know just north of manhattan you know you're not really longhorn dude just growing up just north of manhattan you're not like splitting cows with your friends growing up so like to, it was always on my bucket list and then yeah. you know li- living in you know san diego you know at the seal teams it's not like you're really doing that so no. it was uh, once i got to, to texas uh, i was like one of the first things i do and i did and um man i'll tell you what that protein is insane Oh, man. I don't know. Fun side fact. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. No, I've seen I've seen those big steer. I uh, I did security at a at a show in Colorado called the Michael Martin Murphy Extravaganza. He's a country singer and he had these old guys riders in the sky playing and all these different. So nice. I was security. And the first day, it was a three-day event, and my boss goes, hey, Rad, I need you to go guard this cow over here with this vendor because, you know, we want to make sure no one gets close to it. And the show's going on way over there, but I'm over here stuck in no man's land guarding a steer. And all the people would walk by and be like, what's up with the steer? And I'm like, oh, these people are selling it if you want to buy it or its brother and have it made into this hamburger that I'm, they're feeding me. So like, hey, you're going to be doing security here? We're going to feed you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. Sign and I was me just up. like... Seriously, That's I sit there eating this burger in front of the cow, in front of this longhorn. I was like, so was this your brother Cousin. or your sister? <laughs> Today, I, I've steered away from red meat. I just want to be clear. That was a while ago, 2001, 1999. I, these days, I haven't eaten any mammals. I just oh, want to be open wow. about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm a mammalarian. So Interesting. I, yeah, I kind of move away so from So what warm- year did you transition? Oh, uh, 99, 2000. So I got out of the Air Force with a torn I meant, ACL. Sorry, oh. I meant from red meat. Oh, red meat, 14, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my dad started to like really go downhill on his health and his heart. And he was eating all sorts of like pastrami and like, you know, hamburger and pastrami. And it was just like sure. cholesterol and just, I just was, and then he died. Wow. But he was a Green Beret, and he never smoked or drank and did all these exercises and marathons, but just ate not healthily, right? Mm. Just drank tons of, like, poison water, which is what I call soda. You know, this is is water in here. Uh, Anybody that drinks it, you can drink it, but just look at how much sugar you're drinking. That's all I'm saying. You hear that, honey? You hear that, mom? (laughs) Yeah. I give everyone so much gruff about, you know, Diet Coke and Coca-Cola. I think it killed my dad. Yeah. yeah, Come at me, Diet Coke. Go ahead. Tell me to shut this podcast down. I'll tell you, I think tequila is healthier. Good agave-based tequila is healthier than Coke. I really do. Comes from the earth, at least. I mean, Coke is like uh, the, the stuff we're talking about. These diet fad drinks that are out there are just addiction fuel for... I don't know. It's not good for you. When my dad was put into a, a, a home facility where they were watching him at this nice place, he had an open-heart surgery, and they closed him up, and they said, we're going to put him in here for three or four weeks. He went from not drinking any soda to, like, it was on tap. They're like, do you want another, you know, metered 32-ounce mug of Diet Coke from the Fountain Jack? And he's like, yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I'm in the hospital, and you're giving me this, right? He just sucking it down. and just, I was like, man... You know, he, de- he he tried to do a lot of the healthy stuff. So when I transitioned from, you know, eating red meat and uh, animal to... So I still eat eggs and I still eat non-mammals. So I don't want to eat you. I don't want to eat a pig. I don't want to eat a cow. I don't want to eat a bear or a polar bear. But if I had to, I probably would, right? Sure. So if I'm in the middle of Alaska and the lifestyle is of the land then I'm okay with it because I'm going to treat it the same way that they would treat it, which is I would leave the remnants where I hunted it to move on its journey. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. You know, but I'd still eat it. So that elk is probably going to be really good. So good. But, but I still up here want to say, 
why do I have to eat what is in the grocery store forced to me? Like, you know, I've been to SHOT Show in Las Vegas where they do all the gun industries, and I've seen how deals are made there. I can only imagine there's a food industry, and I can only imagine it's in Vegas, and I can imagine how the (laughs) deals are done there. So I take those two things, put them together, and I say, why am I buying this specific product right here in front of me you know when i could have like lettuce and tomatoes and and other food other food processed foods i've really gone on this boxing healthy kick uh lately and so i've been dedicated to that and just trying to be a better eater of food yeah that's no i mean especially if you're feeling it you're i'm assuming you're probably feeling it in your body too right like you're feeling that difference i know me i know i know me like when i remove grains like when i remove you know, grains and pastas and breads from my diet. And I'm heavy protein, minimal uh, nuts or legumes or even vegetables for the most part. Like I just feel leaner and lighter on my feet. So I get it. Yeah, I, Everyone's yeah, kind of different. Well, I, you know, I had to give up. Here's a different one. I had to give up right around my late thirties. I noticed beer. If I had a beer after like 4 p.m. It would rock my world. Just you know, rock my Ed world. Sheeran, the great artist of our time, Ed Sheeran, said. Uh, he said, "You know, I have lost this weight recently, and it's because I just did one thing, and I kicked out the suds. Yeah. So he just he lost 35 pounds just stopping beer. I believe it. He I just stopped. It. You know, and I do like to have a cold beer. You know, especially a nice Utah Wasatch IPA. Shout out. But listen." Shout out. I drink it and then I go to the gym in the morning and I'm like, I'm just working off that beer I had last night. <laughs> right. Right. 100%. 100%. So it's like, you know, throwing gloves is just like, okay, well, I'm trying to get my physique to be more tactical Viking style. That's my, yeah, that's my goal. Yeah. That's why it's funny, you know, because on, when you're on deployment, especially in CENTCOM, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan specifically, you know, non-alcohol policy, no alcohol policy. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Everyone's like, oh, we're working out, we're crushing. Yeah, but you're also not drinking. Uh, no, not. And, and not consuming alcohol will just whoo, drop the pounds right off. Right. Yeah, off. right away. I had a friend who tours in a rock band and he was just always fed everything he ever needs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a piece of paper with oh, like, this course. is what I demanded every show. And it's always in there and it's all this food. It's all this stuff. And he finally had to change his writer to say, you know, don't put any more beer on my tour for me. He didn't want it. Good for him. And uh, then it started drinking like the um, more clear style stuff, thinking it was less calories, you know, and try not to drink and trying to like still have that same vibe and hang out like a rock star. But he sure. wanted, he's working out at the same time, trying to stay on the road. It's like, right. at the end of the day, it's just really alcohol is, it's a mother, bro. <laughs> it's a mother. Especially That's when you come from families that do have it in your family and you've been around it and it's yeah. in you now. It's like, how do you kick it? You, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can stroke from kicking alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's such an addiction. Yeah, I get it. There's there's a lot of cool apps out there. I've been kind of paying attention these days. There's some really neat resources and apps out there. There's this one that I just came across. So I'll give them a shout out. Uh, it's called Sunnyside. No affiliation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of interesting where you basically have a person, a Jane Doe, texting you every day saying like, hey, hey, Rad, how are you doing? How many drinks have you had? And you're, right. and they'll keep pinging you until you respond. And then it'll then at the end of the week, it'll give you like a report. Like, hey, Here's your report. Like, let's set a base. Let's set a base for next week. Let's not try and just go cold turkey. But let, let, next week, let's just try right. and 
drop it by like two. Right. Across the Every entire other week. day, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like try it's, to just, you know. It's pretty interesting. So some good resources out there, but you know, yeah, it's a big diet, diet, baby. Diet, diet, diet. It is. It is. <laughs> and now that I'm 45 years old and I've been paying attention to it for like the last few years, my wife's really good at it. We've got some friends that are like dietitians, registered dietitians, and she's worked for like UCLA and all these other colleges. And she's like, you know, tofu. Let me tell you mm-hmm. about tofu. She's like straight up protein. She's like, and you just look, put it right down you. It'll just slick right down your throat. If you're just looking for a fast protein. <laughs> you're going to have to have Dr. Uh, do you know who Paul Saladino is? No, tell me. Uh, you're going to have to have her talk to him because he'll go down a, a diatribe on how uh, tofu is the exact opposite. Oh, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. See, everybody's just got, you know, like, right. what do you do? I, I know, I know. I got vaccinated. That's all I can tell you, Kay. I don't care. I'm not going to go back and forth no more. <laughs> I'm, I got it. I took it. Right down below. Tell me how I'm dumb. Go ahead. Go tell yeah, me how I'm cool. Yeah. Look at look at my new Legends boxing shirt, bro. Totally Mike Tyson. Ta-ta-ta. I remember. I remember. What was it? What was it? Like, at what point did the green guy come out? So, Piston Honda. Uh, in, in that guy. game. Sandman? Was he, like, number three or four in the lineup? Like, you- yeah. Yeah, that's like Sandman, dude, I think. Yeah. That's me, dude. I should be in that game now. Bam, bam, bam. Is there another book coming out? I know you got this one. Are you working on something that's going to be part two to leadership? Well, we got two main efforts that uh, I'm really focused on right now. So our book is just like one or product, one of our products or service or offerings from our group called Culture Force. Culture Force is a uh, consultancy group. I'm not saying we're a Deloitte and Touche or a KPMG or an E&Y, but one day we hope to be where mm-hmm. we're really focused on helping organizations that have between 75 and 750 employees really scale and build and refine and improve their culture and then help them you know, scale it as they scale their services, offerings, and products. And so Culture Force right now uh, is got a, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting kind of the industries that have been kind of gravitating towards us. You know, construction is uh, one, manufacturing, global supply chain and logistics. Not a lot of high tech, although before this call, I just um, I just had a, a conversation with the CEO founder of an AI company and they want to bring us in and help them scale. They have 45 employees right now. They're about to do a series B you know, bring in $80 million so they can grow and scale their team. Yep, so, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. We're kind of all over industries, but, you know, those are the main kind of industries we're really helping and, and working with and helping them grow and scale. So it's a lot of fun. So somebody listening right now, and they're a CEO of an organization, and we do have them listening all the time. Uh, how would they get in contact with your organization to see if you guys were a fit? They could go to leadershipisoverrated.com, which is also the title of our book. Uh, and you can learn about all of our services. My partner and our offerings, my partners, Chris and Tom, shout out to you boys. Chris was the head of uh, marketing, the CMO for Dave Ramsey Solutions. He also did uh, Henry Cloud, who's the author of Boundaries, and uh, John Acuff, amongst others. And then Tom... Tom was the uh, the president of Colgate Palm Olive when they moved into Europe and established their entire Colgate Palm Olive's entire European presence um, 
you know, the, the Baltics as well as, you know, Eastern Bloc. So, um, so we got a, we got a good team, a great wheelhouse as well as, you Paul know, Olive has branded me. My whole childhood is like always putting your fingernails in the dish of the Paul Olive. Right. <laughs> it's like, they're so good. And she's from that te- that movie white Christmas. She's oh, one of the sisters. Right. She's one I of the sisters about- in white Christmas. And she would do all the Paul Olive commercials. God, why do I, this wow. is in my brain. Wow, dude. dude, that was one of, I'll tell you, my mom was very Trigger. musical. My mom yes. was very musical. So cool. obviously like I'm, you knew this you know, seven, eight years old watching Great. white, white Christmas. Christmas. Oh, Danny Kay. He's one of my favorite actors. Uh, I love Danny Kay. I, I love that movie actually. Cause same thing, dude. I, I, well, that was my internet here. Let's watch white Christmas four dude, or five times. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a conversation with someone in this wheelhouse uh-huh. in your arena yeah. And we've reminisced on Danny Kay. Danny Kay, my favorite. He Did really is. I love I love him in all of his movies. And oh, I've seen shit. like all of his movies. <laughs> oh man. That's a blast from the past. I'm gonna such to, a great dancer, too. I just have to say, you know. Yeah. Just, just yeah, too. yeah. We'll get along just fine. You can sleep over. Mom said it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> just come right. in the basement. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It is. It is. And I and I know that I'm hitting everybody that's listening in the fields because you all seen uh, you know who now you know who Danny Kay is. And there was a movie called Walter Mitty, and Danny Kay was the original Walter Mitty who had the imagination and was always like doing these different like spy things in his life. And that turned into Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller now does the Walter Mitty. He he took over that character where he's like, I think a bunch of pro skaters portrayed uh, Zoolander. What's his name again? Who was Zoolander? What's his uh, name? Ben um, Stiller. Thank Stiller. you, Ben, ben Stiller. Stiller. Yes. Dude. Sorry, tangent. No, <laughs> man. I'm, uh, you got me nerding out. Now I'm like, oh man, he was. I'm looking at like he did Pinocchio, Hans Christian Andersen, bro. They were in. He was in Hans Christian Andersen. He did all the different stories of like yeah. baking the kid in the pie. <laughs> I forgot. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to turn. I forgot about these because now Hans Christian Andersen. I remember that one too. Sure. On the on the Riviera. That's right. I'm gonna have to um, watch some of these around the holidays with my kids. Danny K. Now, now, whoever's editing this at the end of the day on Software, I need a mention of Danny K, the great actor in this. On the down below when you write everything out, if that's Mark or Anton, I'm giving you a shout out to you guys. Come on now, or Chris, <laughs> if it's one of you three. <laughs> awesome, Secret Life now, of Walter Mitty. <laughs> Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Now, listen, I love talking with you. I think you're a great dude, and I think we could talk a lot more about extreme athlete mental toughness, leadership in the workplace. We've mentioned how to get a hold of you. We've introduced you to the soft rep community, um, and Kyle, Thank I think you. you're you're. Awesome, and you should pursue acting. Let me just <laughs> throw that at you. <laughs> well, well received. I, I'll, leave that. I'll leave that to the guys. You know, you got a good skull there. for some face paint, bro. You yeah. know, like you know, I'll leave it to Chris Pratt. I think he does oh, a wonderful job, bro. I think he's bro, I'll tell you what. Job. So, I'll Chris, you. if you're I'll, listening, <laughs> we love you. We appreciate you. Oh, and Jack, that, Jack, a shout and Jack out. and shout out to Jack Card. Jack, just keep writing, man. He's just supposed to be on writing. the show. Jack's uh, supposed to be on the show pretty soon. We had him Come scheduled on, for May, but he had a book tour. Sure. And so, you know, he's a busy dude. Lives right here in Salt Lake Park City, right up the street from me, really, if you will. Come on, Jack. Get on here. Yeah, really, Jack. What's up? 
everybody go out there and tag Jack Carr and say, tag. Rad says, what's up? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Tell him to come let's to go. Soft Rep. No, man. Well, thanks for having me on here. Uh, to everyone welcome. listening, thanks for listening. If you're still with us, we appreciate you guys and gals and all that you're doing and all that you probably, I'm assuming, do for this country. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. That's right. And on behalf of me and our United States Recruiting Command, who doesn't pay me anything, if you feel like you want to go and do it, go. Go and do it. Go, go see what it's like. Go, go try it. it. You might just one foot after the other, after the other, after the other, and just see what happens on behalf of me and everybody here at Soft Rep and a grateful nation. Thank you for your service, uh, Kyle, and to your friends and much success in your business. And this is Rad saying peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.